You're listening to episode 51 of Friending, a podcast that helps women grow fulfilling female friendship no matter what season of life they're in. My name is Noelle Rhodes, and this is what I do. I study female friendship, and then I talk about it here on this podcast with you. And I love talking to you about female friendship. I really do. In fact, if you listen to the show, I would love for you to introduce yourself to me through Instagram. Seriously, DM me. My handle is at your friend Noelle. Love to get to know you. Love to be friends with you on the gram. Today, we are continuing our series on the 12 friendship lies. Now, you know, I'm I'm really excited about this series because I believe that when we identify the lies and not just identify the lies, but apply the truth, we are going to find freedom to have those fulfilling female friendships that we've always wanted. But there are lies that we have believed. Now, we may not have believed all of these 12 lies. In fact, I think I said in episode 47 when we were talking about why the series is even in existence that I think there's probably 300 million friendship lies. I just kind of pared it down to 12 that I think are common that there's a majority of women out there who have believed these lies and that these lies are holding them back, holding them back from having deep connection and meaningful friendship with other women. The lie that we're talking about today is definitely one that I have believed at certain points of my life. And this is the lie that I can keep myself from getting hurt if I do not get close to anyone. I can keep myself from getting hurt if I do not get close to anyone. Anybody else out there ever thought this thought? (laughs) Anybody think that if I just stay to myself and I don't really have any close friends, then I won't be hurt by any friends? Now, usually this lie really was born out of a place of pain, of a wound, possibly, a friendship wound. Something has happened, some sort of betrayal, some sort of um, friendship breakup, perhaps. Somewhere where friendship became a great source of pain. I'm going to just sort of kind of get a little bit vulnerable here and tell you that there was a time where I was deeply hurt not just by a friend, but by a group of friends I thought were for me. And when push came to shove, they were not for me. And I felt very betrayed. I'm not going to get into the details because that's not really relevant to this episode. But also I want to honor these people because I really believe that nine times out of 10, our friends do not intentionally try to hurt us. It's never really this malicious intent behind it. Now, there are some people out there who we may have called friends in the past who were intentional, who did cause evil. They have intentionally sinned against us. They have wounded us on purpose, maybe to control, maybe there's some other um, pathological thing going on inside of them. There are toxic people out there, okay? That's a real thing. We did a whole series on it in July where we talked with Gary Thomas, who wrote the book, When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. He chatted to us about why we need to walk away and how to walk away. So that's not what I'm talking about here, all right? But I think for the majority of the time, most of our friends are not trying to hurt us. So when I talk about the situation, I'm leaving out details because I do understand that these people probably didn't mean to hurt me, but they did hurt me. And like I said before, 
it was a situation where I wanted them to stand up for me and speak on my behalf and they didn't. In fact, there's a great Martin Luther King quote. It's powerful. And I've always thought about it when I think about friendship breakups and friendship pain. I'm just going to say it to you right now because it's a good one. I'm sure you've heard it before, but it's worth mentioning again. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. That's so good, I'm going to say it again. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And certainly in this particular situation, this friendship pain, I really felt like the silence of my friends deeply, deeply wounded me. And after that, when all the drama died down and I kind of realized that these people were not going to be there for me and they were not going to stand up on my behalf and they definitely had taken a side and it wasn't mine, I felt hurt. And I thought, you know what? It's just better if I don't get close to anyone. And I began to feed that lie to my head over and over again until it really took root in my heart that I could protect myself from getting hurt by people if I didn't get close to them. If I wasn't close friends with them, then I wouldn't be hurt because I wouldn't be depending on them to have my back. I wouldn't have any expectation for them to stand up and defend me when I needed to be defended. And so that lie really imprisoned me from actually having close friendships with others. And you know what else it did? It actually impacted my other friendships that were not involved in this specific situation. I could see, now looking back, how I began to pull away from other friendships that had nothing to do with that little drama that was going on in my life at the time. I would pull back. And I wouldn't really let those other friends in. I, I slowly and quietly just built this little wall so that nobody could really know how I was feeling. Now, my personality is I am an, an extrovert and I can be kind of, you know, I've got a big personality and I love to have fun and I love to be with people. I love, I love a good party. You know, I'm an Enneagram 7 classic. You know, everything on that list I am. And so it wasn't like I withdrew from people or stopped hanging out with friends. What I did was I hid behind this wall of fun and good time and didn't really let anybody else into the parts that were much more vulnerable, the parts where I felt like, gosh, if people knew this, well, they could use this against me. I didn't let anyone pass that curtain, that like iron curtain. Instead, I kind of just pretended like everything was fine and oh yeah, we're all friends and things are cool and I like you and let's go have a cup of coffee. And I would be really intentional about never like letting them ask any questions about me. I'd always come with a list of questions about them so that they never could get in. And truthfully, what happened was I began to see distance grow, not just with the friends that hurt me, okay? That that was a given. But the friends who didn't hurt me or just weren't involved in that situation, there was distance that grew. I was putting that distance there because I didn't want to risk getting hurt by those people. You see, the people over in group A, they hurt me, right? They didn't stand up for me. They didn't defend me. They didn't take my side. They abandoned me to some extent, even if it wasn't intentional, it certainly happened. But my friends in group B who were not involved in that situation, 
it was almost as if, oh gosh, I really don't want to get hurt by them. So I need to back away from them. I need to make sure that we're not that close. I need to make sure that they don't really know what I'm struggling with. I need to keep things kind of surface level because gosh, if they hurt me, then that's it. That's it. And so I really thought that I could protect myself by not getting close to other people. But actually by doing that, I put myself in harm's way. Not long after the whole drama went down with group A, things in my personal life became very, very difficult. At that time, we had two very small children and one of them was experiencing great difficulty. Now, if you are a parent, you'll understand that there's nothing more heartbreaking than watching your kids struggle and feeling helpless to help them. In addition to our kid really struggling, our marriage was strained because that's sometimes what happens when your kid is struggling and you're just sort of trying your best to figure out how to help them. The marriage can really be tested and challenged. And Troy and I are pretty open about our marriage. We do not pretend like we have this like amazing uh, romance that has never seen any challenges or never has had to see a counselor. Um, that is not us. We have definitely fought hard for our marriage and we've gotten help when we needed it. And I will tell you, this was a time where we needed help because the family dynamic at the time was really taking a toll on our marriage. So not only is our kids struggling, my marriage is strained. And I'm also living in a different country because I'm a missionary, a new missionary, a new missionary that doesn't know what the heck she's doing. So this was a very vulnerable time. And here I am in a new place making new friends, okay, that seem cool, but uh, not wanting to allow myself to get close to them because I don't want to get hurt again. Because I wasn't talking to anybody about the stuff that was happening in my personal life, anxiety began to really have a field day with my head. Oh my gosh, the panic attacks, the the constant obsessive thoughts that just would not let me go to sleep at night. I mean, it was crazy town in between these two years. Like truly, my mind was completely hijacked by the circumstances that we were going through and feeling like I needed to figure it out on my own and nobody else can help me with that. Just, you know, me and Jesus. And I really suffered. I really began to feel the effects of isolation. So that lie that, oh, I'm going to protect myself by not getting too close. That's the best thing. That's the best way from not getting hurt. Well, in fact, what was happening is I was hurting myself. I was hurting myself by intentionally pulling back, intentionally building the wall, not letting my friendships go past a certain level. And I was in the danger zone, truly. But here's the truth, okay? I had bought the lie that I could protect myself by keeping myself away in these friendships, keeping that distance. But this is what the truth is. And you can find the truth in the Bible, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. This is the truth that I want every single one of us to think about over the next week. Here we go. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. 
Let me read that again because this is powerful, okay? Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Listen to me, friend. During that time where I was keeping myself at arm's distance with the friends that I was making and even the existing friends that I had that didn't hurt me, let me tell you something. I was in a pit. I was in a pit of despair. There were nights where I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if my marriage is going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it trying to parent this child that seems to have all these problems. I don't know how I'm going to make it in a new country where I don't really understand its culture. Even though they speak the same language that I do, it seems really foreign. I don't know if I'm cut out to do this thing. I don't even know if I deserve to be here on earth. I mean, my mind went to dark places, dark places. And I was in a pit and I wouldn't let anybody lift me up. In fact, nobody even knew because I didn't let anybody know I was in a pit. They just assumed that everything was hunky-dory because I was smiling and bringing appetizers to the party. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is really important. The truth is that we need people. We need people to help us from even hurting ourselves. I remember this Sunday afternoon. It was a very, very hard day. Our child was having meltdown after meltdown at church, and he was systematically escaping Sunday school every Sunday, by the way. And those of you who knew us back then can testify. It was so stressful because we were supposed to be doing ministry. We were supposed to be the missionaries helping. Oh, it was so stressful. So it was a Sunday, and we were stressed out. We were fighting. Troy and I were fighting about how to handle this. And I remember our pastors at the time who were our good friends. I mean, they're, they are our good friends. They knocked on our door Sunday evening and said, can we just talk to you? And I remember my dear friend had brought all these delicious candies. They're called celebrations. They're like little chocolates. They're glorious. If you ever get a chance to be in the UK, you need to buy yourself a box of celebrations. And she had brought them with us. And she sat down with her husband and said to us, look, we see you guys struggling. It's it's parent. Like, we see it. You can't hide this. How can we help you? And I will tell you that both my husband and I started crying. We both just like broke. I mean, it was one of those moments where we're like, okay, we give up. We can't do this on our own. We're actually hurting ourselves, hurting our marriage, hurting our family by trying to keep everybody at arm's length because Frankly, we're afraid to trust again. And I remember as we're crying, my pastor said to me, look, Noelle, I know that you have been hurt before and I cannot guarantee that you're not going to get hurt again, even by us, but I'm going to need you to take a risk and trust that we do want to be a friend to you and help you in this. And that was a moment of choice for me. I had to decide, am I going to continue on with this strategy of keeping everyone at arm's length so that nobody hurts me? Or am I going to open myself up and receive help and receive care in areas of my life that felt very vulnerable and areas that I was terrified of being hurt in? I wish I could tell you that it was me who was like, okay, I surrender. Yes, help us. You know, yes, we're willing to accept your friendship and, and allow you into this part of our life. But it wasn't me. It was my husband, Troy. 
And he said, you know what could really help us is if every once in a while, would you be willing to take our kids for a couple hours so we can go on a date? And I was mortified. I mean, I was mortified because he was like, we need to work on our marriage. And I'm like, what are you doing? You can't tell people that we need help in our marriage because we're missionaries. We should be like perfect in this area. And I was surprised that he told them that. And I was definitely embarrassed. And they were like, oh, we can do that. Yeah, you know what else we'll do? We'll even let your kids sleep over so that you can have not just a couple hours, but you can have a day and a night. And once a month, they did that for us for probably a year. And let me tell you something, it saved our marriage. And that's not me over-exaggerating or trying to be dramatic for a point. I am telling you, it saved our marriage because... It was a very difficult time as we were navigating some specific struggles that our one child was having and also being new missionaries. And then our youngest was wild in her own way. I mean, it was a difficult time. But our pastors, who were our friends, they really stepped in and in a very non-judgy but super loving and gentle way, they served a very practical need. And the only way that they could do that is if we let them in. We let them closer. I don't know if you have been hurt before in your friendships. And that is why you're afraid to let people in to get close to others. I don't know. But I want to tell you, that's a lie. That keeping people away, keeping them at arm's length, not getting close in friendship, that is not going to protect you. It's not. It's actually putting you in the danger zone. You need people so that when you fall into the pit, you've got somebody to pull you out. And I know it takes a great deal of bravery to be that vulnerable, but that is life. And that is why we have community. So this is what I want to do. I want to pray. That's how we're going to end this episode. We're going to pray right now. You ready? Jesus, I just pray for every single one of us who have been hurt in the past. And that is why we don't want to get close to others. We don't want to get hurt again. It was painful. But Lord, we know that you have created us to be in community, to love one another. Your word said that by the way that we love one another, the world's going to know that we belong to you. So God, I pray that you would help us be brave to allow ourselves to be close to others allow our friendships to become more vulnerable, allow these people that we call our friends to know our struggles. And God, there's a lot of fear wrapped up in that. So Lord, I just pray that you'd remove the fear, that you would give us peace, that you'd remind us that you are our protector. Nothing that we can do is going to protect us from getting hurt from people again, because people just like us are imperfect. But Lord, you're perfect. And your word says that your perfect love drives out fear. So I pray that we would only be dependent on your perfect love and not requiring that of others. But help us, Lord, to step forward in friendship and allow us to get close to others again so that we can be supported and also so that we can support others. I pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. That is all that I have for today. Please be sure to drop into our Facebook group on Thursday to do the discussion questions. That group is completely free. It's not a membership group. You can find all information about the group in the show notes. 
as well as there's going to be a PDF visual that you can either print up or put on your phone of today's truth. Okay, which you'll see if you are a friending Patreon patron. So if you already are one, it should be accessible to you. If you're not, for $5 a month, you can have access to it. And it's something that will just remind you of the truth as you are dismantling the lie. It's not enough to know the lie. You got to know the truth. The freedom is in the truth. So That is all I have for today. I'm praying for you. I'm thinking of you and I want you to know, man, I get it. I get not wanting to be close to people because you don't want to be hurt by people that you call your friends. I get it. I will definitely be praying for you. If you need me, you can find me on Instagram. But till next time, I'm your friend, Noelle. Hey there. Have you been enjoying this series? Do you love the Friending Podcast? If you do, would you do us a favor? Would you go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review? And while you're there, could you, in the comments, just tell us what you like about this show? We would love to hear. Thanks for being a friend. Because we were created to connect and that's where we thrive.